Uh, my name is Warren Craney. I'm the head football coach at York University, and you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today we are doing a preview of the York Lions 2021 upcoming season, and to help us break it down, we have the head coach himself, Warren Craney. Coach Craney, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm, I'm fantastic. How are you doing? Excellent, as always. I really appreciate you taking the time, especially with the season right around the corner, to talk with me today. Before we get into the specifics of the state of the team, how we're looking, who's been showing out so far in camp, and all that kind of stuff, we talk on this podcast a lot, being centered from Toronto, about the state of, well, football in the city. And obviously, you've been coaching in the city for I mean, at York for over a decade now, you've seen the the, the struggles of recruiting in the city, getting people to come to Toronto, perhaps yep. losing some of that talent. So I don't know if I have a specific direction to go with this, but I guess I'll start with this, actually. From what you've seen, what's the hardest thing about recruiting players to come to the city from more, say, rural parts of the province where, you know, Toronto can be a very intimidating thing um, if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. Um, what's that been like for you and your experience as the head man there? Um, well, in, in all honesty, um, th- that's something we've really excelled at. Um, it, we, we found it actually easy to sell the city of Toronto. Um, you know, some of our, our, our best recruiting in, in Ontario is outside of the GTA. And um, we, we, we recruit heavily at West. Um, one of the reasons we recruit heavily at West, we've had success. We've had a lot of success recruiting at West. So when you have success at something, you dive in that. And, you know, we have been selling the city of Toronto. Um, most of our recruits from Alberta, from BC, obviously we've made relationships with them, you know, recruiting and coaching is about building relationships, um, but we've really sold the city. And a lot of those kids from the rural rural areas and from Alberta, cities like Calgary, Edmonton, even the rural areas of Alberta and BC, just are enamored by this city and love it. You know, love the fact that, you know, we have the Raptors, love the fact that we have the Blue Jays, love the fact that, you know, they can jump out of the res room, jump on a subway and they're downtown in 20 minutes in this amazing city. You know, you know, one of the largest cities in North America. So we've had a ton of success. Um, where we haven't had a lot of success is trying to keep the city kids in the city. That's our struggle. Well, I definitely want to get onto that point. I mean, you make a a, a brilliant point. I mean, it's shame that I missed. I mean, there's a couple couple brothers that played at your school from Calgary a few years ago yep, that uh, had a, had a yeah. pretty uh, good track record. Of course, talking about yeah. Brett and Colton Hunchak. But yeah. then to the point you raised there, um, because it's something that uh, Dakota and I have talked about, and we'll get to him in just one moment of, you know, seeing players from the city, perhaps not wanting to stay in the hometown and myself being someone who grew up in the city. And for me, my style going to Guelph, it was a bit of, well, I want to, you know, get a bit away from home, get a bit more of the, you know, quote unquote, more traditional university experience. Um, What kind of factors play into that? Is it a bit of that component of just wanting to get away from home? What kind of, uh, when you talk to recruits based out of the city, what do you hear? Um, You know what, we've seen it. We've seen it all, you know, we've seen it all, but I I would say the biggest factor um, is the fact that the kids want to get away from home. They've, uh, they, they've, you know, been there, done that, you know, what we're selling to rural kids and what we're selling to kids from Alberta They've done that their whole lives, right? And they want that, and I I think you hit it right on the head, that more traditional 
campus experience, right? Like it, the perceived, you know, campus experience, you know, um, you look at a school like York and I would say Toronto would probably be the same. We do have a large on-campus population. We do have residents, but we get labeled as commuter schools, right? And that's, you know, you, you get, sometimes you get a kid in the city that wants to live that, that campus experience. Um, and they just, they've grown up their whole life with this label that, you know, York and Toronto is a commuter school. I don't want that. I want a self-contained campus. I want, you know, I want that. So that's a big struggle. That's a big struggle for us. Um, you know, I, I also find, I think, um, you know, social economic comes into it in the sense that, and, and I'm talking from, from lower income families, um, you know, some kids, not that they want to get away from their family, but it's easier to be away, right? Like if, if, you know, they don't, you know, if they're at York or they're at Toronto, they might have to race home and help mom babysit. They might have to, you know, there's so many other um, responsibilities to their families at home. It's just a lot easier, you know, to get away. They still love their family. They still do everything for the family. But, you know, if I'm in Hamilton or I'm in Guelph or I'm in London, you know, I can't get home as easy. So, you know, I don't have those responsibilities. I can focus on academics and I can focus on, on just being a great football player. Um, you know, I can tell you our staff, we've made some conscious decisions um, recruiting kids and we love the kid and we wanted the kid to come here. And I'm not saying we would have got him, but, you know, we sit down and say, you know what? It's probably better. He just goes to Mac, you know, like it, it's probably better. He goes to Guelph, you know, like this, this, you know, I know they'll take care of him and not that we can't, I know we can, but it just might be better for him to get away. So that's the big, that's the big struggle we find with, with the, the, the inner city kids in the GTA. And of course, to no one's surprise, there is of course a slightly, if not, but more than slightly higher price tag of living and being able to live, you know, pay for yes, a place yep. to live while yep. you're living in the city as well. Yes. Uh, you know, last thing before we get into the more specifics of this season, I wanted to sort of throw at you, and this is just, you know, makes me just giggle to think that I got to talk about this on the podcast. How important was getting the TTC extension, having the subway actually reach out to your campus uh, two, three years ago when that happened? That must have been huge for you. That was, yeah, it was huge. It was huge. It was really, really, yeah, it, I, words can't describe it, right? And again, just another selling feature, yeah. right? Just another selling feature uh, of the campus um, and just the ease. You know, we actually, we have a massive campus and we actually have two subway stops on campus. So if you're on either end of campus, you can jump on, you know, jump on the subway. It has helped in, in recruiting, uh, especially for those GTA kids that, you know, parents make them stay home and they got to decide between York and Toronto. You know, they've gone from, you know, taking 90 minutes to get to campus to get 30 minutes to get to campus. So it, it's been an incredible success for our program and recruiting out of province, you know, having that subway you know, we're selling the city and now there's accessibility to the city, right? I can go see the Raptors, one subway stop. I can go see the Jays. I can go hang out downtown, CN Tower, walk around. So yeah, it, it's it's been incredible to our development. Well, now turning to this year in specific and looking at a few new additions to your team and obviously sure. the players are number one, but yes. I have to start where my heart lies, which is with our brand at the 55 couple signings on the coach's standpoint you stole my guy dakota vine <laughs> how's he doing so far is he behaving responsibly how how has he been dakota's out of control i've had <laughs> to suspend him multiple times like it is he is just a wild man uh no dakota's been great you know what dakota's um i never knew dakota until until just recently 
I knew of him, obviously, right? Like he is, uh, he, he's huge on social media, obviously with you guys. Um, but he's just been a tremendous addition to our staff. Um, you know, he's, football's important to him. And uh, in trying to build any kind of successful staff, you want people that football is a priority to them. Obviously family first, but, you know, I always want football a close second. And uh, he's that guy. You know, he's just uh, an absolute workhorse. He's in the office all the time. He brings great ideas. And I think the amazing thing about Dakota is, you know, he touches all points, right? Like you can go on the board and you can talk X's and O's. And then he flips a switch and he talks about social media. And this is what we can do to help recruiting. And, you know, so it's just, it, it's just, he's a tremendous addition to our staff. And I'm very excited to have him. Well, I'm happy to hear things are going well with him so far. That they are. makes me smile. Uh, before the last thing, then before we get to the players, another big addition on the coaching staff is bringing in Tommy Dennison, and of course, this component is fascinating for the your York Lions not only as yep. an addition to your team, but also an addition by subtraction for your crosstown rivals. In that he's left his old yes. job with the Varsity Blues. What kind of an impact has he had so far working with your offense in terms of bringing in new concepts and and, and all that so far? It's been absolutely fantastic. You know, he, he definitely is, um, you know, it, he's a savant, right? Like with offense, it is like, it is, um, you know, he gets in that X's and O's mode and it's absolutely fantastic. And and one of the things, because I find I was the same way when I was the defensive coordinator at Concordia, right? Offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators I absolutely love are guys that believe in their system, right? It's like, this is it. This is what they're doing. And there's so much passion. Um, and, and he has so much belief in, in what we do. And then for us, it was an absolute bringing Tommy in um, was something we needed to do. You know, we were, we were, there was a lot of, you know, we were getting all kinds of pressure. Um, you know, we had so much talent on offense and we just, we, we just weren't producing um, and I'll be honest with you, the thing that, that scared the heck out of us, we thought we were going to lose him, not lose him. We didn't have him yet, but my DC came in um, to my office at the end of the season. And he said, uh, I heard Tommy's interviewing at Laurier. We're like, Oh my God. Because <laughs> We were, I'm telling you all of last year, we, you know what? There's tremendous teams in the OUA. We were terrified of playing Toronto. You know, we were terrified of that Toronto game seeing what they did week one, seeing what they did week two, seeing them, you know, lose to McMaster on a drop touchdown pass in the end zone, right? Like that they, that would have gave them the victory over McMaster, right? And then having the potential that, you know, he's going to go to a perennial superpower. You know, my DC was like drinking coffee one after the other. Um, and then, you know, obviously don't want to get into the minutia of everything that happened, but it was at that point, you know, we said, we got to make a run at this. And, you know, it was uh, a bunch of meetings and, you know, we, we found some common ground and, uh, and brought him on board. And I can tell you, it's been absolutely incredible from the second he got here, you know, he was hired in COVID. We hired an OC. What fine. It happened way before that, but he wasn't on campus till COVID happened. And then just the effort he put in, you know, this, his first day on the job, he had a quarterback meeting all of COVID, he was having quarterback meetings three times a week. They were on Zoom three times a week, learning the system, learning the system. Um, and just that effort he brings in, you know, he brought, 
he brought so much of, of his offense and his philosophies to our kids during COVID when he couldn't even meet with them in person or get on the field. Um, that when we got to the, were able to practice for the first time this summer, you know, they came out of the gate roaring. Like my, our, we were freaking out, right? Like they were just, it was like they were on air, right? We didn't have a defense out there. And it was just amazing to see, um, you know, our athletes running around and having all the success on offense. And, you know, if you look at his resume, what he's done over the last three years, you know, at, at two years at St. Mary's and one year at, at the U of T, um, you know, we just felt Tommy was the best person in this country for the job. Um, we knew our DC was doing a tremendous job with our defense. And if we could fix um, our offense and, and get some points and move the ball, we knew we'd be okay. So, you know, that's a long winded answer to say that we're, we're very happy with coach Tennyson. Well, I mean, you mentioned being perhaps scared going to that UFT matchup or a bit intimidated given yeah. what they had done earlier in the year. Clearly yeah. it worked out in your favor. And speaking of the DC on your team, I'd say he got the upper hand in that matchup because your defense kind of ran all over the, the offense <laughs> in that one. But, you know, obviously a few years ago, but now moving to some of the players that are going to be sure. working in that system. Um, yeah. And you mentioned just the, the talent. And I, I think it's something probably in, in all sports that we do where you know, we look at the record and we assume, well, oh, I guess the talent's not there, whatever. Yep. You know, year after year, your team is putting guys into the CFL, top athletes. Your team is is fully stacked with with amazing young players. And so talking about some of those young players on the offensive side of the ball, because obviously the lost COVID year kind of makes it a little tricky to figure out who's back, who still has eligibility. Yep. Um, but some of the names that we've seen in recent years, young guys like Jackson Hume, Darnell Jarrett, Retson Daly, yep. skill position guys like that, a young guy like Avante McCoy. Who are some of the guys that you've seen so far taking leadership positions in camp so far or really balling out? Who are some of the guys without obviously giving away too much that have really been showing that they've used that time off, been able to hone their skills with whatever they were doing that are looking to take a, a leap forward or really help push this team to whatever that next step is for you guys? Yeah, well, listen, you, you you obviously mentioned you mentioned all of them, right? Like and and we have a, you know, a senior kid in there to add to the Bix and in in Alex Daly, you know, who's a who's a fifth year guy, a guy we felt should play in the CFL, you know, Retson's Retson's older brother. Um we you know, he was a 2018 OUA All-Star. Um you know, 2019 didn't get the numbers that I think he probably deserved um to be able to consider for an OUA All-Star. Um and then, you know, that you know, Going through the combine, um, you know, not getting drafted, not getting signed. You know, he came back. He's got a giant chip on his shoulder. I, you know, those guys, I feel badly for them because I feel Alex should should be playing at the next level. Um, but you know what? He's back with a chip on his shoulder and, and you know, just being a strong voice for because we're really talented at receiver. Probably the, one of the most talented positions on our football team, but we're also very young. So to have that presence of a fifth-year guy, you know, Alex, that can come in and be the voice of reason and help those guys. Um, but I want to touch upon the young kids you said. Jackson Hume is a tremendous is a tremendous man. Um, you know, he's only in his second year of eligibility. Um, you know, would be third if it wasn't for COVID. Um, but he's established himself as a leader. Um, you know, he had to go home in it to Edmonton. So he was home in Edmonton the whole, during the whole COVID um, situation. But you know, he was on team meetings, on offensive meetings. He was always that guy. You know, he is, this guy bleeds red. Like he is the, he is YU to the max. Like he loves the school. He loves his teammates and he shows it 
um, every day in practice. And that's guys you need. You need guys like that, that, that rally, you know, behind, um, behind those guys waving the flag. Um, so Jackson's been a tremendous leader for us. And the other thing too, it doesn't hurt, you know, we're talking about elite speed, you know, he's on our track team. Um, you know, he's every time he has the football in his hands, he is just so dangerous. Um, so the guys love that too. You know, it's, it's just that, you know, not only does, uh, Jackson talk it, but he walks it. So, you know, that's, um, that, that's, that's pretty amazing. You know, Avante McCoy, he is just, we are so happy to have Avante. Um, you know, and again, a local kid that stayed home. So we're pretty, we're pretty pumped about that. He is very quiet. Um, but I can tell you veterans all across our offense, even guys on defense, like when he's got the ball in his hands and he makes a play, they're like, Woof, okay, kid, you know, so he's, you know, by his play, he's showing leadership ability and, and Retson, you know, I think Retson Daly should be playing in Alabama. <laughs> I'm happy he's here. Um, but talk about an elite talent, um, you know, and, uh, the one thing I love, I love about Retson, um, and I think it's the difference between the two brothers. Uh, Alex is a quiet leader, but a stern leader, right? It's very serious. Um, and I love that about Alex. And Retson is very grounded, right? Retson is in the moment. You know, um, if you need him to be 100 miles an hour, Retson will be 100 miles an hour. If you need him to be at zero or 10, he'll be at zero at 10. Um, and very, very, I, I think among everyone, probably the highest football IQ, um, you know, he was his first practice with us. You know, he, he missed his whole year because of injury, but the first practice this year in a new offense, um, you know, just helping everyone. It was like another coach on the field, you know, everyone beside him. This is your route. This is your route. This is where you're cutting off. This is where your stem looks like. This is how we restack, right? Like it was just like, you're looking at him going like, is he a fifth year senior? You know, so it's just that innate ability from that a lot of elite athletes have um, is, is just pretty fantastic. Um, you know, leadership definitely coming from that group. It's like I said, it's one of the most talented groups on our offense. Um, and, you know, with the benefit of having Alex, that fifth year player, um, leadership's definitely resonating from that group. I definitely agree as far as the sort of bittersweet component of it's amazing having a guy like Alex back, but you obviously yes. would have liked to see him take that step and know his yep. talent's very deserving, but that's amazing to have him with back with the team. And I don't want to spend too much time on the offensive side of the ball because I want to give some shine yep. to the guys on defense, but I'd be remiss talking about the skill position guys to not look at perhaps who's going to be out there getting them the ball. Of course, your son Noah has been there for a few years working yep. in the system uh, at quarterback, but then also a, a young quarterback coming in like Nick to Jesus, um, yep. a highly vaunted recruit coming in. What's the quarterback room been like so far in uh, in camp so far what's the competition been like uh quarterback rooms been great you know what that's one thing coach Dennison does an amazing job with um you know obviously he was an elite quarterback very successful um decorated quarterback in Canada and he really understands um the privilege and the burden of playing that position um so he's done a great job coach Dennison um meetings are very light um he holds the guys accountable to, to, to everything they do, right? Everything is accountable through the quarterback. Um, he's very bailed into team building and bonding. Coach Dennison, um, you know, makes sure that group is united. Um, and whether you're number five or number one, he treats everyone the same. Um, and there really, really is that, that family environment. He's, you know, he's, he's guided them to help each other. So 
the room is exciting. We got some really good kids from really young kids to that. We don't have the old kid, right? We don't have the, that fourth or fifth year kid. Um, you know, even, you know, Noah right now is our oldest kid, but you know, he was robbed of his COVID year. Um, you know, so we, we don't have that old senior player, um, in the room, but as a group, the dynamics fantastic. Um, so we're, we're really excited. And you know what? I think that's kudos to coach Dennis. Moving over a little bit to the defensive side of the box, not wanting to make them feel uh, left out. You know, as I kind of alluded to, it's been a little tough figuring out who might be coming back to the, the team and all that. I mean, one guy I'm very excited for from watching going back to the 2019 season, who I'm sure or confident will still be there. Uh, young, The young man, uh, Tillich Aumann, uh in the defensive backfield. Um, just an incredible year he had. And I forget if that was his second or first year in 2019. But I'm just curious, who are some of the other guys that have come back perhaps or that have uh, similarly on the offensive side of the ball been taking up leadership roles and uh, really showing that they're like looking for that next step? Yes. Yeah. So you know what? It's um, <laughs> I, I'm a defensive guy. Um, I, I've coached, I've coached some really good defenses at Concordia. I don't want to know. I'm going to take back really good. I've coached some elite defenses at Concordia. Um, what coach Ocpro has done in recruiting and in development of these players, this, this, this unit is, is something, um, from what we've seen in, in practice so far. Um, York has never te- seen team speed on defense. Um, Never teams, never seen team speed on defense like this unit we're going to put out there. Um, you know what? I, I think uh, we can we can thank uh, Coach Bertoya and and Trey Ford. Oh my God! Right? Like that's like when we see that kid play, you know, we're like we got to get faster. You know, so that's that's exactly what uh, what what uh, what Coach Ockpro did, and and we've really increased our team speed on defense to be able to compete with these elite offenses in the OUA. Um, so really pumped about that, but we're also very veteran, you know, you know, Talik is, you know, a veteran, a veteran kid now has played a lot of snaps. Um, he's playing boundary half for us. Um, you know, his corner, Daniel Amoka, again, an older kid, he's been with us for five years. He is playing at an, an elite level right now. Um, you know, we have three veteran linebackers, um, you know, two of the three are, are heavily, heavily recruited, um, CFL prospects. Um, in Matt Dean and Dawson Davis, um, you know, we're just, <laughs> we're just very, very, very excited. I, I hope you can see, you know, we're, we're jumping off the map here um, in terms of team speed and, and how old we are. You know, we got two defensive tackles that we're, we're pretty excited, you know, one in his second year, one in his third year, um, you know, Quadwo Bowen um, is just, he's playing like a man. He's that 17 year old kid we recruited for Calgary. He, he's the man that we knew he was, he was going to be, um, you know, it's, 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 we got a veteran group, you know, we got a fifth year corner, Danny Legale, who's very long and, and, and very athletic um, and coach done a great job of, of recruiting some kids. You know, we feel we got some, we got some really, really elite kids this year, you know, a kid from Calgary, Mac Bannantyne, um, who is, you know, was an elite, elite player uh, in the city and city and in community ball and high school ball. Um, You know, Ricky Parsons from BC. um, That was a kid. I can't believe we, we got him out of that province and uh, we, we worked really hard. You know, this is a kid. It's a, you know, perennial all-star in, in BC high school football. And uh, you know, has just come in and, you know, looks like he belongs uh, with older kids. And, you know, I think one of the biggest, our biggest recruit signing in 2020 
um, was a big DN from CJEP from Champlain College, um, uh, Jason Javier Messier, um, who has just been dominant, just absolutely been dominant. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to see what happens. We know, you know, Coach Falds has built a perennial power at Laurier. And, uh, you know, we're just excited for the 18th and see how we stack up. You know, it's, it's, uh, we played a very tight game against them last year. Yes, yeah, so last year, <laughs> whenever it was, um, you know, and, and just excited to get going. You know, you get an opportunity to play one of the best football teams in Ontario um, with a team that you think is very good. We're, we're just excited for the 18th right now. We all are absolutely coach. And you mentioned it, Laurier starting it off in Waterloo there. Then you're home for Carlton. Then you're going to Ottawa. Then you have Toronto, Mac and Toronto again to finish the season off. And I kind of want to end this on that note. We've already kind of talked a bit about the uh, about playing in Toronto and that component of the uh, having U of T so close. But it seems like perhaps and as someone who talks about the OUA, it's perhaps on me for not talking about it more. When we talk about Battle of Waterloo, the, the close proximity of those schools perhaps makes it a little more you know those players are seeing each other on campus day yes, after day yeah. same thing in Ottawa when we've talked with guys from that region it's like well you see someone with if you're a Carlton guy you see someone with an Ottawa backpack you go on the other side of the street even though we kind of had our uh, joked a little bit even though it's a real deal of having the subway and that connecting you guys yeah. a little bit on the north part of the city now to the downtown a little bit more I imagine there's not as much just interaction between, you know, your players and the UFT guys, but I don't doubt that that makes the rivalry any less, (laughs) whatever adjective you want to throw in there. Uh, Talk to me about the Argo Cup, Toronto Bowl, Red and Blue Bowl. I know a lot of people call it a lot of different things, but I know it means a lot to a lot of different people. You get two shots at them this year. You are the reigning, reigning, uh, or you have bragging rights for going back to 2019. Uh, I just want to give you the floor. Toronto versus York. What's that mean to you? You know what? It means everything. It, it, it really does. You know what? It's um, it, it, it's it's the battle of the city, right? Like it's it's bragging rights. You know, we both claim that Toronto is our city when we recruit, right? So this is our bragging rights for 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 owning the city. Um, and I think it's just you know what? It's 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 a tremendous rivalry in the fact that you know you look at the um, you know the history of, of their school, right? It's one of the top academic institutions in the country. Um, they have a storied, storied football program that goes way, way back, you know, in the scope of things we are, we're, you know, we've been around for over 50 years. I think we're in our 53rd year right now, you know, which for a university is is still very young. Um, but sharing that city, the bond has always been tight, tight. And then having the Argos involved, you know, adding the name, lending their name to the cup, the Argo cup just brings that, that much more prestige. Cause I don't think, you know, whether we're both, you know, six and zero or whatever our records are, right. That is always our Super Bowl, right. We always want the eights cup. We're striving for the eights cup. Both programs are striving for that. But in that moment, there's nothing more important than the Argo Cup. You know, it's it's there's such energy. Both schools do a great job hosting it, you know, and there's there's always a lot of there's always a lot of energy. Um, it was electric. The game in 2019, it was it was electric. I credit the fans, you know, for that victory. Obviously, how the defense played, our defense was electric in that game. Um, but there's just so much energy uh, around that game. So um Something, no matter what happens to all our schedules in the future, like that's a game we can, that's a rivalry we always, we always have to look at that York Toronto game, obviously, you know, 
the Laurier Waterloo's, the Western Queens, like those, th- those have to be honored because they're, they're definitely special to the OUA. And you mentioned the connection with the Argos. And of course, he's no longer playing there. But going back to that 2019 uh, game, it's it's always cool to see, you know, Ricky Foley coming out supporting, yeah. you know, his alma mater with your guys. And it's, uh, you know, as someone who grew up playing football in Toronto, there's always a little bit of a, oh, I'm going to go to the York U of T game. And I'm definitely yeah. going to see a lot of guys that I probably haven't seen in years because people want to come out because it's just, uh, it's as you said, it's the battle for the city. And uh Man, uh, you know, football in Toronto sometimes perhaps is uh, on the back burner of things people care about. For those who do, I mean, I think that game is just at the epicenter of all things that make the sport beautiful. And uh, yeah, you guys do a great job of uh, to your uh, to the people who put on the production at the games. It's an incredible event to be at both with you guys and UFT and I'm so happy we get to see it twice this year and you we can we can compare and contrast how varsity stadium and how your uh, team does as far as putting on the show and I cannot wait for it so coach thank you so much for joining me this morning and all the best moving forward in this sprint of a season we have coming up awesome thank you for having me it was great love what you guys are doing